Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Titus. And this is Andrew. And we are chilling in the State House. Yeah, we are the State Politics Podcast here in Kansas, talking about Kansas politics, what's going up all here in, in Topeka, and um, just, you know, kind of chilling it down and, you know, breaking it down for you all as to why it matters and what's important and what's just going on here. Oh, yeah. So this last week was actually kind of a chill week here in Topeka. Lawmakers are back home. They're back in their real jobs. They are getting ready, mentally prepared, I guess, for the final sprint in early May. But there is kind of an ongoing story that we have not talked about on the podcast. We've danced around it a little bit, but we probably it's about time to dedicate an episode to it because it really has grabbed headlines not just in Topeka but around the country and we are of course are talking about a bill that requires license plates to be on the front of dump trucks wait that's what we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) no Uh, as much as I love a good dump truck we are instead going to talk about the ongoing saga of his former Senate Majority Leader Gene Solentrop. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's much more uh, spicy. Yeah, it's been an interesting, interesting few weeks here in Topeka. If you have, I don't know, been living on Mars and for some reason haven't been tracking this story, a March sixteenth at about twelve forty-five a.m. Uh, then Senate Majority Leader Gene Solentrop was stopped for going the wrong way, first on Interstate 470 and then on Interstate 70 in Topeka. Um, he, there was a brief pursuit, it was about 10 minutes, where he was driving on the wrong, wrong side of the highway, law enforcement in pursuit. They tried several different things to get him to pull over. He wouldn't. They eventually slow him down and uh, arrest him for alleged driving under the influence and uh, looting law enforcement. A lot of th- we won't, we won't get into the whole whole story. There was kind of a. Well, you have to get into the story. That's what that's what they're here for. Well, you okay, to okay. Spicy details, you know. I know. About- I've just been covering this a lot the last month, and I'm really rather sick of it. But <laughs> all right, so you know, you have this guy, you know, just driving down the wrong highway, you know, at what, how many miles per hour? So initially, it was like 90 miles an hour, oh, yeah. which is fast. I think if if you've ever driven in uh, on I-70 in downtown Topeka, you know that it's not easy to go that fast well um, no i mean i no no i i guess it's not no I, you, you can drive fast i mean i've never driven 90 miles per hour on the highway i'm a law-abiding citizen 
But I mean, I could see you, I could see you driving that fast down there. I mean, well, and so there were other problems too. Multiple motorists, if you look at the court records, show that they alleged that they had to swerve to avoid him because obviously he was going the wrong way. It made me wonder, you know, why was he going the wrong way? Like, you know, like well. The blood, the blood alcohol level for for Senator Solentrop was they they took it a little under three hours after he was first stopped, and um, he refused a breathalyzer, and it was over twice the legal limit. So, but I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to go through the thought process. Like, maybe he was driving one way. Like, oh wait, there's got there's something back in in the state house I need to pick up or something. And yeah, I don't think that, I don't. U-turn, you know? I don't think I mean, that was it. Um. Well, it was interesting on the morning of the the charges were actually initially dropped because there was some issue that we that we still don't know about. We this is kind of a still a bit of a black box, but there was some issue with the arrest report, and so a judge said there's not probable cause to support these charges and let the senator go. Now, District Attorney Mike Kage, Shawnee County District Attorney, uh, we're now getting into Blaze Mesa territory a little bit here our our intrepid city and county government reporter but the the charges were eventually refiled they were refiled a couple weeks back um we should add they were announced at friday at 5 30 yeah which made for a fun friday night um and part of the part of the well Part of the complicating factors is that one of the charges is felony eluding law enforcement. And if you know anything about Kansas law, you know that in order to serve in the state legislature, you have to be a qualified elector, qualified voter. And a felony would disqualify him from that. So I think it's important important, though to talk about kind of some of the the discourse outside the state house. you know, kind of throughout this process, um, you know, beyond what the lawmakers were thinking and everything, but also how other people, outside people, were reacting to it. Because I think, you know, when 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 the judge initially, you know, said, you know, the arrest report was enough and let you know Gene Stone Trump go, there was a lot of, um, I guess, reactions from people saying how this was kind of an example of, you know, a privilege, you know. Frankly, a privileged white guy, you know, who was able to kind of get away with something, whereas an average regular citizen um, probably would not probably right. would have faced deadly consequences. And I think a lot of it, I mean, from from what I read and saw, and from what you report, I think, um, you know, some of the lawmakers who you know didn't want to, at least had that kind of you know image that or were aware that some people might have seen it that way, kind of in mind. Yeah, I mean, I think that. This, even beyond kind of that confusing morning where the charges were initially dropped, they've obviously been later refiled. I think in general, um, this has obviously been a huge headache, a huge distraction for lawmakers. And I think it gets at kind of what you said. You know, this is, anytime I think a person in power has a run-in with the law, it kind of opens up the question of, are they getting special treatment? It doesn't, you know, again, the charges have been refiled, so there's no evidence in this case that that happened. But I think, again, you know, a lot of average people, I mean, we've seen protests outside the state house 
calling for Senator Sellentrap to resign. And part of the discourse has been, you know, if a normal person was stopped and arrested after allegedly going the wrong way in a highway and having, you know, those kinds of charges filed against them, would they keep their job? And a lot of people believe that no, they wouldn't. And, and it's it's and keep in mind that this this is a powerful job. And you know, just for you know our people who are not political junkies, what exactly does this Senate Majority Leader position do? Yeah, so there's kind of a couple different elements. One is like the procedural side of things. So if you ever watch Senate floor session, if if you are so inclined, <laughs> um, as we spend many hours of our time doing, you will see the Majority Leader uh, or as has been for the last few weeks, the assistant majority leader making procedural motions, you know, breaking for lunch, breaking for caucus, moving to consider bills, that kind of thing. But the position is obviously much more powerful than just standing up and, and making motions. You know, they decide what bills get voted on. They are part of kind of the top brass in dictating policy agenda in trying to work with members to to uh whip votes so a pretty powerful position i mean obviously it goes without saying you're the majority leader you are the floor leader for the caucus that is a big deal and that obviously added a whole another element because it's beyond you know just he wasn't just elected by his constituents. He was elected by his colleagues. The Republican caucus chooses their leader. They picked him. And in essence, he represents the Republican Party of Kansas in a, in a way. Yeah. I mean, he is the in, in some ways the face of that caucus. And I mean, that's that's being a little simplistic. But, you know, just to underscore, that is a really visible, really powerful position. And in the days after his arrest, he said, okay, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to give over a lot of my duties to Assistant Majority Leader Larry Alley, uh, a Republican from Winfield. Um, there were conflicting reports. There were a lot of rumors that he was still doing work behind the scenes that was more of Majority Leader work. Um, but publicly, you know, he said, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to relinquish my duties while my legal case plays out. And... Fast forward to last week, <laughs> charges were refiled, but last week I think was kind of the final straw for a lot of members of the Republican caucus when the court records were uh, uh, were released, um, an affidavit from the officer who stopped uh, mm. Senator Sullentrop. So what, what does that say? I want to hear the spicy stuff right now. Yeah, if you want the blow by blow, go read my story on cjonline.com, oh, but I, I'll give we'll give you the cliff notes. Um at one point, this is, I think, when they were waiting for the blood to be drawn uh, for the, the blood alcohol test, but Senator Sullentrop called the officer Donut Boy. He kind of threatened him physically, saying, Ooh. because he played sports in high school, I could, yeah, I could take yo, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I... It doesn't seem like he was actually threatening the guy, but you know that that's not a great look. <laughs> Adding on top of what was already a pretty embarrassing situation, that kind of just made things worse. You know, we we got the blood alcohol level; it was twice the legal limit. That's a lot, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and you know, it's just I think it was just kind of like the hits just keep coming, and 
And then last Thursday night, you know, we recall last week we were talking about a big school choice bill that failed. And part of the reason it failed was because Thursday night they couldn't vote on it. They didn't have enough votes because Senator Solentrop was not in Topeka. And they were one vote shy. His vote would have put him over the top. And uh, he was not here. Uh, he, he, I believe, left the state house after the, the court documents were released. So I think that just kind of increased the embarrassment to the point where, where the caucus just said, look, this isn't sustainable. And on Friday afternoon, they voted to remove him uh, from his leadership role. You know, I also did hear that there was um, some some Topeka connections uh, in, in kind of his removal from his leadership position. Uh, it was Senator Rick Close, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who here in Topeka, I think representing the the south uh, e- southeast portion of Topeka, um, who made the motion. But I also heard, at least I read from a competitive, I mean, still read Andrew's story, but I also read from a competitive outlet um, that um, apparently uh, the other two Topeka representation in the Senate, uh, Chris Noche, Senator Chris Noche, and uh, Senator Brenda Dietrich, um, they also they, they they were kind of involved in that decision with Senator Clouse because they felt that they were it was kind of their responsibility given that the incident happened in Shawnee County here in Topeka, and that um, they didn't want to give off that impression that someone was getting special treatment, basically. Yeah, that's 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 all true. Um, I think also it's worth pointing out that you kind of could see almost in real time over the last couple of weeks, like since the charges were filed, I think support just kind of started wilting away from within the caucus in terms of keeping him on as majority leader. Um, and we should note that all of this, all of our discussion is really with respect to him staying on as majority leader. Senate president, Ty Masterson, who, who is the highest ranking official in the Senate has basically said, whether or not he should keep his Senate seat, you know, having the privileges of just being a senator, a, a rank and file senator, that's for the voters of his district to decide. And he doesn't seem, you know, there is a process in which members can be removed uh, and expelled. It doesn't really seem like that's going to happen. A member can be recalled, but that also does seems unlikely given the sheer number of signatures you would have to get to, to recall a, a sitting senator. So, is he going to resign? No. I, I mean, I think it's speculative to say for sure. Um, he his first court date is in early June, oh. so it's possible that he will not make any decision until then. It's also possible he resigns tomorrow at five p.m. You know, like it's it's one of those. Not things wake where, up and cover the story and say why do you have to do this now? But yeah, that was basically what it was like when the charges were refiled. <laughs> um, you know, it's just it. I think it's. It's been frustrating for a lot of people, I think, including the media, because, you know, we don't we didn't get into this job to cover stuff like this. We got into it to cover policy and and the things that really impact folks lives. And and obviously this could have impacted people's lives, including uh, and and it has, including Senator Solentrop's, but but not in the way I think anyone would have wanted. Very untimely, given that all this was happening right when the legislator was going through literally the last few days of session and pushing through a I was the cuss there, but a huge ton. You stopped yourself. I'm proud of you. Of legislation um, in the final days because they like procrastinating, but you know, right? It was again. It was a distraction, and I think that that was 
ultimately what pushed them to take some action is just it's this is you know it, well it, if it, it, when it's the first few days it's a distraction it's one thing when it becomes a couple weeks of distraction that's another and when it drags on for upwards of a month i think people just said enough is enough that's members i talked to that's that's really what it seems like they were conveying well if you want to follow the future of uh mr gene solentrop uh, Andrew's a guy who's who's reporting on him. I'm more I'm I'm more just kind of chilling back and just seeing Andrew stress over. You know that's that's kind of my role. Uh, so you should follow Andrew Ball uh, on at, Twitter at Andrew Ball B A H L. You should follow Titus too. Uh, no, nah, I, I don't only really, really tweet about Sloan Trump stuff. I, I just but tweet, you but I, you, but I, you I have a lot of good policy. I tweet, uh, I tweet about the porn policy. stuff. You know about you know I I cover the porn stuff. You know Andrew just covers you know the drama. I'm just no I'm just kidding. That's not how it works. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Tizer One Hundred, um, and of course, you can always read our work at cjonline.com, um, and you can follow CJ Online on Twitter and Facebook as well. Um, and of course, this podcast every Monday, ten a.m. So hopefully, we didn't procrastinate like last time. We are actually we didn't. We planned ahead. We're actually recording this earlier uh, on a Thursday, not a Friday. Isn't are you shocked? Anyways. Um, so follow you. You can always see our podcast on the website or anywhere you follow your podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever there is out there. We'll see y'all next week, and uh, drive responsibly. Bye. <laughs>